cliffcentral.com. Time for something that uh, I look forward to every single week. You know that um, I'm a collector of all kinds of things, books and coins and I'm, I'm fascinated by other people's collections uh, of, of all kinds of interesting stuff from historical memorabilia to toys to French antique furniture to Christmas decorations to teacups. There's just every kind of collector in the world. And my favorite thing about these collectors is they are all completely and utterly obsessed with their collections but they also have real lives and they have normal things that they do and if you didn't know about their collections you'd probably think yeah they're yeah they're an okay person when you find out that they have these collections you think what an amazingly interesting individual gives you some insight into what they do in their spare time what they love what they obsess over and it is called Collectomania. It's brought to you by the South African Gold Coin Exchange and the Scoin Shop. And if you are a collector of anything interesting or unusual, then get in touch with us. Send us an email at contact at cliffcentral.com so we can feature you on the show. This week, we have someone who I think um, Bulelo is going to appreciate a lot. He's Dr. Barry Schmeiser. He's also a huge, huge Manchester United fan. And he's in the Man U kit. He's in his house with all the Man U stuff. Dr. Barry Schmeiser, how nice to see you. How are you? Yeah, good morning, Gareth. Um, thank you. I'm very well, especially after a good win yesterday. <laughs> and thank you for the opportunity of being on your show. Well, it's a great pleasure. I'm thrilled that you are willing to share your collection with us because you have, I, I, I heard from the producers, you don't think you have such a great collection, but apparently it's, it's enormous. And you even have Man, Man United pajamas. You have... All those well, shirts. You know, yeah, I think I think that it's become such a sort of um, the name has become such a potent force in the world of marketing. Yeah, that um, there's so much stuff available, and what happens is it makes it easier for people to give you birthday gifts when they know that you have a particular <laughs> obsession. I guess absolutely. So they were a gift; they weren't purchased by me. So listen, how did this all start? I mean, you obviously were a fan at the beginning, but tell me, tell me about what uh, what kind of got you into collecting Manchester United memorabilia. Yeah, so my, I guess, love affair with Man United started when I was probably about six years old and living in Bulawayo at the time. Mm -hmm. I had cousins who followed football; they were older, and I guess you kind of follow suit and you attach your name to a team it gives you a sense of identification mm -hmm. and i remember cutting out a card a card off of the back of a cereal box it was probably in about 1965 and it was of the great dennis law so that was my first introduction to to man united and a couple of years wow. later i had the opportunity of watching them live my late dad needed to travel to the uk to get a um certificate from the pharmacy board mm -hmm. and we watch united play live and the great george best was playing for them and i wow. guess that's when the love affair started because he remains the greatest player that i've ever seen and probably ever will see that's incredible barry i've, I've just got some comments coming in already here and one of them made me think you know cristiano ronaldo just joined you guys and there was a massive sellout of every shirt that was available i mean i think they, they generated close to a billion pounds in revenue on that move alone. Yeah. 
it's just yeah. the most it's the most incredible thing so you're not alone i mean here's another point man U, according to corona's boring says manchester united is the most supported team in the world with 10 percent of the planet who support them they're also the most hated team with the other 90 percent hating them <laughs> well, that's what i was going to ask is why are they so hated what yeah, what are you we, guys doing that's making us hate you or the rest of the world yeah. Simple human nature is jealousy. We're the greatest club on the planet, <laughs> and you know they say. I think apropos your previous discussion, you can change your life partner, but you can't change your football team. <laughs> so there are millions of poor kids who have grown up um, bludgeoned into supporting the teams that their dad supports, only to realise that they've made a bad choice. So you know, it's United is the team always. The, the same goes, hated, adored, but never ignored. Right. Okay, so is that the new Ronaldo shirt you've got next to you there? No, in fact, to be honest, that comes out my archive. That is the Ronaldo shirt of 2006. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll try and tip down. Yeah, there that. we go. It's the shirt that United wore in the Champions League that season. Amazing. Um, so it comes from old stock. Um but, you know, in, in terms of marketing, mm -hmm. and it applies to most clubs, they bring out three shirts every season. Now, if you go back to the 1960s, Man United wore the same shirt throughout the 1960s. It never changed. In fact, it was a red shirt, not dissimilar to what I'm wearing now, but with none of the stripes and without a badge and without a sponsor's name. Just a red shirt with the mm -hmm. white collar and cuffs. So it's all about marketing and, you know, these teams have a massive, massive staff of marketers, and that's where the revenue comes from so that players can be purchased and paid astronomical salaries. So, Doc, first of all, thank you for dressing up this morning for us because I know no one wants to get dressed first thing in the morning. You've probably got an important and busy day ahead of you. But I want to show people a picture of your office here just so that they can see. So this is this is wow. in your this is in your practice, what? and the walls are covered yeah. with with memorabilia. So tell us what's going on in this picture. There's a whole lot. There's a carpet under you with Manchester United on it. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there so, are all these things on the walls. Uh, tell us what what's going on yeah. here. Yeah. So that picture was slightly staged. It was actually taken by some cameramen from the BBC who were doing a feature on supporters all over the world. Mm -hmm. So that particular room that I'm sitting in, they put my examination couch in that room, but it actually lives in a different room with an equal number of photographs in it. <laughs> and these are just photos um, of games that I've been to and signed items that I've acquired over the years. And for me, they make prettier viewing than sort of the conventional medical rooms. Yeah. Who wants to kind of see pictures of stomachs and skeletons all over the place? Um, what I find <laughs> is that many patients will only admit after they've kind of completed their investigations or treatment that they're affiliated with other teams, too scared to mention that they hate United. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it, it, it creates a good talking point, and um, I'm surrounded by lots of good memories there. That's amazing. I mean, it must, it must make you happy, too, to go to work every day and to, to, to be in an environment where all that stuff can, even if you've got a terrible patient or you've, you've had a rough day or you're not necessarily feeling that great yourself, you look around there and you can feel a sense of, of achievement. 
achievement. These are matches that you've been to. It's your favorite sport. It's your favorite team. It's your favorite hobby. It's just a great feeling. What's yeah, um, so, is this the other room? Oh, is this is this just the passage well, that you're in here? It's that's a it's a passageway. <laughs> there are about eight rooms that Look are that are decked out. Um, I can tell you, I've I've never counted them, but the maintenance manager yeah. um, of the clinic in which I work tells me that I have 325 framed items on the walls. Wow. And the only reason he he knows that is a couple of years ago they were building above the section of the building in which I'm housed. And we were told to take the pictures down because they were doing some work on the ceiling above us. So fortunately, I was going away at the time, but I suggested to him that he take each one down and put a numbered sticker on it with a corresponding number on the wall behind it so that rehanging them wouldn't be much of a jigsaw puzzle. Right. So I'm told that they're 325. Unbelievable. <laughs> Do you know what, what, the, what the value of all of these must be? Because it's probably well, I think quite high. I, I don't know how you attach a value to these things. You know, memorabilia has become a massive market. Mm. I guess it's what people are prepared to pay. Yeah. Um, one of the problems is there are a fortune of forgeries around um, yeah. I'm pleased to say that almost every single item that I have there was signed in front of my eyes. So wow. I don't believe there are any forgeries there, coupled with the fact that I'm not looking to sell any of them. Sure. Um, but this is, the, the, as I say, it's a very big market for memorabilia. Um, probably the most valuable item that I have, um, I, have a frame, I have in a frame a group of autographs that were signed by the players that tragically lost their lives in the 1958 Munich air crash. Oh, wow. And this was given to me by a lady whose husband was an integral part of our supporters club and unfortunately passed away a number of years ago. That's probably the most valuable piece of memorabilia I have. Um, I, I think things take on value, of course, when the signatories have passed on. Um, but I've never looked to have it valued, and I certainly wouldn't look to um, to make any sort of money out of selling any of these things. They're too dear to me. So, Doc, I mean, first of all, Carl, uh, Carl DeSantos, who's listening to us now, says this is the best collectomania yet. And he says, Dr. Barry, how was that Lingard goal yesterday? He's definitely a fan. Yeah, so the Lingard goal yesterday was absolutely <laughs> sublime. But probably those that, that follow me on social media yeah. will know that he's not my favorite son in the Man United team because he doesn't do this often enough. But I'm very, very pleased to eat a small slice of humble pie after yesterday because he... He scored a worldie yesterday. Well, uh, Carl also says, I'm going to feign illness just so I can visit the Doc United, uh, massive United fan. You don't, don't need to feign illness. Just come and say, let's talk football. It's much more fun than talking medicine. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> All right, so, Doc, a couple of things here. Um, you, you've met some of these players. I just want to show some pictures here quickly. Here's, uh, here's you with David Beckham. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. When was this? Yeah. Yeah. So those are over various years. Um, the top panel was in his last season before he went on to play for Real Madrid. Mm -hmm. um, the bottom left one uh, and the top one is taken at the current training ground. The one on the bottom left was taken in 1999. Yeah. Um, of course, the year of United winning the treble 
And at that stage, he wasn't exactly a fashion icon. Um, <laughs> the other two were taken after, after games in the early 2000s. But what I want to mention is that, first, he's no friend of mine. I've, um, you know, I've encountered him in these sort of meetings at the training ground, etc. Mm-hmm. But a nicer chap you won't come across in terms of treating the fans. Mm-hmm. And I've seen him besieged by autograph hunters, and he doesn't move off until he has signed every single autograph and taken every single photograph. So I must have much respect for him. That's terrific. And the other thing that goes under the radar is the guy was a sublime player. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've we've sort of started to think of him as as a pop culture figure rather than a good footballer. Very much so. Probably risen above the game in many respects. Now here's you with Cristiano Ronaldo in four separate pictures. Tell us what's going on here. This is amazing. Yep. What so, a specimen. <laughs> you're talking about me, I presume. Yes. Definitely. Yeah, of course. No, it's definitely. It was you, Doc. No, <laughs> Excellent. So the picture at the top was taken in 2007, um, the day before the 2007 FA Cup final, wow. and that was the team's hotel in Windsor. Hmm. The other three pictures are taken at various times at the um, training ground in Carrington, which is kind of just on the outskirts of Manchester. Now, that top picture, um, I'm very proud to say that um, Carlos Queros, who, of course, is well-known in football circles in South Africa, mm-hmm. is a good friend of mine. And it was really through Carlos that I was able to have access, for example, the day before a cup final. Yeah. At the night. Doc? Oh, no. I think we've uh, lost his connection there. It's okay. You can leave the picture up. Yeah, it's uh, fine like uh, it is. You, you like the picture, honey, Anne. That's... Uh, mm-hmm. Let me just see. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm going to remove him and see if we can get him back on. Great sense of humor, that guy. What a terrific guy. Okay, so first of all, I love the fact that, because this also legitimizes all those of us who are collectors, right? Because this is a doctor. He's a serious person who does a serious job, but he's a <sighs> massive, massive fan. And his office looks amazing. I, if I had to walk in there, I think I would immediately feel like this is the best doctor I'd ever met, even if I hadn't met him yet. <laughs> Huh? It, it kind of makes you think, what could a doctor be, be a collectomania about? What could he collect that would completely turn you off and make you walk out the door? Well, maybe body parts of dead patients would be a problem. No, but- I mean, that would still be fine with me <laughs> as a doctor. Would still be, I'd be like, cool. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I just, I love this. And I mean, to have met those, so obviously, you know, Ronaldo and Beckham, probably like in terms of fame, you don't get better than that, right? And he's just met yeah, them. Well, just messy. a, just a couple messy, of times. Just yeah. a couple of times. Here he is. He's back. Hey, Doc, sorry, we lost oh, you. So, so, so no, sorry about that. No um, worries. We, we got you back. It's problems. No sorry. problem. So it's just so cool. You were talking us through the Cristiano Ronaldo and David Beckham pictures. Uh, those are just unbelievable. Are there any players yeah. that you really want to meet that you haven't yet met? And is there, is there anything that you'd, you'd love to do that you haven't yet experienced in terms of Manu? Yeah, I think what is... What has happened now is that access to the current squad has become virtually impossible due to security reasons. Mm. Um, you're, you're really not allowed near them. So I have to say that my my take on it is that, you know, I follow the club. It does, doesn't have to be an interaction with the player. Yeah. And as a result, I've befriended like-minded people from all over the world. So often we'll encounter one another in Manchester 
Mm-hmm. Fantastic to get together with um, supporters from all over. Yes. And, you know, when you're watching a game, the bloke sitting next to you could be a mass murderer, but you become <laughs> brothers for the 90 minutes of the game. Um, and that's, you know, where, where we come from. It's a, a sense of identity. Um, what, what would I like to see? I'd yes. like to witness United winning a few more trophies because the trophy cabinet has been a little bit bare over the last couple of seasons. But nevertheless, you, you, know, you, you follow the team. And Doc, uh, Doc, go ahead and Bulela. Sorry, um, Doc, uh, you've witnessed sort of the evolution of football from, you know, association football uh, back as it was in the 60s to uh, probably the, not probably, definitely the biggest TV show in the world. Is Do you feel more or less connected to Manchester United um, now than ever? Or, or, or is it diluting your support of number one football and, and Man United? Or do you just feel as in love with United as the, as the very first day you got to see the great George? base yeah i think you know i think the love grows but the mind boggles with respect to social media because with the advent of social media you know armchair experts like myself are given a voice so you can vent your displeasure on social media if there's a player who's made a bad pass or you think he's not good enough you know when i was in high school man united got relegated i shudder to think what social media had they been around at that time would have been a wash with. But I think it gives one more of a communication with the club, you know, a little bit more as to what's going on. But the frustrating part of social media is the transfer market. You know, on average, every transfer window, United are linked with about 150 players that allegedly are house hunting in Manchester and looking for schools for their kids and are signing the next day. So there's so much fake news out there. But it certainly hasn't diluted my love for the club, not at all. It's um, it's so cool that you've been able to keep this up and that you've also had the opportunity to have these unique experiences. Um, are, are there any clubs that you consider your absolute arch rivals and that you can't stand? And do you have any friends who support those clubs? Um, I'm ashamed to say <laughs> that I do have friends that support those clubs. Um a couple of them, in fact, discussing <laughs> football is no-go because we probably come to blows. And, of course, United's arch-nemesis um, is Liverpool. Yes. Um, mm. We always like to get one over, over Liverpool. Um, <laughs> the same applies. And it's an interesting one because if one goes back to the 1950s and 1960s, the players from those respective clubs, they often used to be great mates, and I think there's been a big divide even amongst the players. But my friends who go to every game who live in the UK tell me that when they go to Anfield, they actually fear for their lives on, on those sure. days. Yeah. So there's a very strong rivalry with Liverpool. But the rivalry also changes in terms of you know who's winning. Um, In the 90s, Arsenal became great rivals because under Wenger, they had a great team and they were winning leagues. Of course, when Mourinho came to Chelsea, Chelsea were the team to beat. Mm -hmm. And now we have our noisy neighbours, Man City, who, you know, they can't even half fill their stadium (laughs) at the moment. So, you know, even though they win a lot of things, there's not that same, I hesitate to use the word hatred, But I think there is hatred between Man United and Liverpool supporters. And certainly, you know, if you were somebody who had suicidal thoughts, 
you'd rock up at Anfield um, in front of the cop with a Man United shirt, I don't think you'd get very far. <laughs> so, Zach says, <clears throat> and I agree with Zach, I mean, just seeing those pictures earlier, it's breathtaking. Your collection looks like seeing the Sistine Chapel of Manchester United. I'm not into soccer, says Zach, but anything historical as this collection always gets my attention. Have you ever had a patient come in who was a Liverpool supporter and they just they couldn't couldn't deal with it. They like, Doc, I'd rather be sick. I'd, I'm going to be even more sick. I can't handle Man U. <laughs> not, not quite. But just remember, you know, if you're coming to a bloke who potentially is going to be doing a colonoscopy on you, you don't want to irritate him. It's one of the rules of life, I guess. That's um, so great. But you know, Gareth, you're a, you mentioned you're a collector of books. Yeah. I have a massive Man United book collection. Wow. Because we, we, you know, we rely on books from the historical perspective. Sure. And, you know, there's so, there've been some very good books. The disappointing thing, of course, is the so-called players' autobiographies, which are always ghost-written, and they, they don't make for really great reading. But there's some very, very good Man United historians out there. They make for good reading. Another source of good reading is the match program. Um, I have virtually every home game since 1958. <laughs> um, so these are other things that form part of the collection. Sure. Um, and they're enjoyable. You get a lot of good information out of those things. But in terms of collections, you know, there's some, there's some guys overseas who, you know, have collections valued at millions of pounds. Um, but the problem is that there are things put on eBay in various places that are forgeries. That's what mm. one has to be very, very careful of. Yeah, lots of people. Yeah. Um, clearly, some of these people know who you are. Uh, Robin says, "Ah, bless this lovely man." And I, it's not because ah, she, it's not awesome. be, it's not because she's a man you uh, support her. She she obviously she's in the medical field, so she she likes it. Gen X saying, "Luckily, Doctor Barry looks good in red." Indeed, um, she should see me in blue. <laughs> um, here's an interesting question: Do you have a Fred shirt? Um, haven't got one, have no intention of getting one, and will be really pleased when one day he's moved out of the club. We want all our players to do well, but Fred is not good enough to be wearing the Man United shirt. There's a controversial comment. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. All right. Not even Fred has a Fred shirt, says Lungile. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love this. So we're getting we're getting deep into the uh, into the weeds here with this man U stuff. By the way, is there a is there a match that you've been to that was your absolute all time favorite? I mean, one that gives you bragging rights with other Man U fans. Yeah, um, you know, unfortunately, there's a match that I was meant to be at that I didn't get to. That uh -oh. is a source to this day of great disappointment to me. Mm -hmm. And that's say ninety nine. Sorry. I don't say it. I thought you were going to say something else there, Doc, and it was going to break my heart. But I'm glad it's not the one I was thinking about. No, the, which were you thinking of? I thought uh, Luzhniki, uh, yeah, the, the Champions yeah. League. No, yeah. the 1999 Champions League final, which oh. goes down as the most historic night in the club's history. I had a ticket for that game. Unfortunately, we had a family function in the United States at the same time. Oh. And... Um, yeah, I have to say, unfortunately, that one won out. So that is a game I regret having been at. I hope, the, I I that, hope that family it, member was extremely grateful because um, 
Garrett, to be honest, probably to this day ungrateful, but the <laughs> subject of another story. Hopefully my, hopefully my good wife is not listening to this. Um, but to watch United, no matter who they play, yeah. it's always thrilling, absolutely thrilling to be there, to mingle with the crowd, to be in the pubs before the game, and to behave like an absolute banshee, singing songs, swearing like an absolute trooper, it's always awesome. And funny enough, the, one of the most memorable games that I was at was a game that United lost at home to Real Madrid, yeah. um, where Ronaldo actually scored the winning, um, the winning goal for Real Madrid. Scored a hat-trick? He, um, no, that was the Brazilian Ronaldo who scored oh. a hat-trick at United, um, Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. And in fact, this was in Fergie's last season at United. Wow. Um, the first leg had been um, drawn away in Madrid, and United were leading 1-0 when Nani got sent off in that game, and the rest history, Real Madrid went on to win the game. But before the game started, it was announced that Ryan Giggs was in the team lineup, and the, the, the stadium went ballistic because he was breaking one of the European records. But when they announced the Real Madrid lineup, and they announced Ronaldo's name, I can tell you the roof nearly came off the stadium. The fans went utterly ballistic. And this is what United fans do. If a player has played for United and he's made a good impression, he will be loved even if he moves on to another club. You know, it's kind of fashionable to boo the guy that used to play for you and now is wearing colours of another team. But Ronaldo coming back in that Real Madrid shirt, I will never forget. And I've I've been to seven FA Cup finals. My record is not good. We've lost four of them. But they're great occasions. Yeah. And one looks at these as an occasion rather than the 90 minutes that you're watching because it goes so quickly. But there's always a, a, a narrative at a game. There's always a scenario. There's always some, somebody's going to come up against somebody. There's going to be a clash. There's going to be a yellow card. There's going to be you know, all sorts of stuff. So there's lots to talk about at every game. It's just awesome to be there. I'm just loving hearing you talk about these things. You you are so passionate about this stuff. Um, Doc, do you do you have um, a wife who understands? I mean, you know, a lot of oh yeah, I, she has um, to, right? She has no option. <laughs> well, um, my my wife, in fact. Um, over the years has become a, a, a staunch United fan and I have to say she's oh, good. got a good knowledge of the game. All right. Um, in fact, in that 99 Champions League final, which we were relegated to watching on ESPN in, in the USA, she'd asked me on the day if she, I thought that United were going to win. And I said, the script is written, we're going to win the treble. And going into just virtually the last minute of the game, we were losing. And she said to me, I guess your script writers got it wrong. And I have to say, my wife is much stronger than I am. I'd never think of anything violent. But in that one moment, I have to say, it crossed my mind that, you know, what do I do? But um, fortunately, Teddy Sheringham and Oli Solskjaer came to my rescue. And they scored what turned out to be the equalizing and winning goals. Excellent. So she was let off the hook then. <laughs> but she's a, she's a good fan, I have to say. Um, oh. She's been with me to some games. Um, we've painted our faces at games. That's fantastic. Um, just a little anecdote. The first game that she ever came to was Man United at home to Fenerbahce of Turkey in 1995 in the Champions League. 
Wow. To date, United had never lost a home game in European competition, and we lost that night. <laughs> so she got a 10-year ban from coming back to the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> does does she ban you from putting up uh, memorabilia anywhere outside of your man cave or your office? No, no. So you can you can, So is your is the rest of the house also full of this stuff? No, there's. A, I've got a couple of. Um, I've got a study that's bedecked with this stuff. Mm-hmm. I've got this room that's bedecked, and I have to say, the room in which I'm sitting used to be one, one of my kids' rooms, who subsequently moved out. Right, and we had a. We, we had a leaking roof in this room, and she, in fact, when it got to being repaired, said to me, why don't you turn it into a kind of man cave? So she has to take blame, full blame for that. Yeah, but she only did that to get you to repair the roof. Now we know. Um, yeah, possibly. <laughs> possibly. <laughs> Doc, it's so good to talk to you. you are, you're an absolute inspiration. I love your collection. Um, I'm so glad that you agreed to share it with us because it's really extraordinary. Such a pleasure. So great. I love it. All Such right. a pleasure. And, and uh, Mbulelo, have you ever met a bigger Man U fan? Jeez, I mean, uh, that's insane. That, that's sickeningly insane. Uh, I mean, as a, as a Man United hater myself, uh, but it is, it is something beautiful to, to behold when somebody's that committed. Yeah, no, we, yeah. we love you know, it. I have, to, I, I have to say that, you know, when you follow football, so to turn around, you know, I, I think that we have respect for whoever the opposition is. We have respect for the other great clubs. You know, to, to adopt an attitude, um, I support, you know, you often meet people, who do you support? Anyone playing Man United or whatever. Yeah. Um, I have a stock answer to that. I say I love talking about football to people who know about the game. So let's talk about the weather. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor, Doctor Barry Schmeiser, what a pleasure! Uh, pleasure to have you on the show this morning, and thank you for your your collection and and the incredible work that you do in in keeping Man United fans in South Africa uh, jealous a little bit, because I'm sure none of them can really compete with a collection like this, but also inspiring them, because uh, this kind of thing is is just obsessive, and I love it. I think it's terrific. Thank you. Very good Thank to you. It was a you. pleasure to chat to you. I really enjoyed it. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. Wow. Isn't that cool? Take- that's yeah, just that's awesome. That's the best, right? He is a awesome. lifelong fan. I love that. And he's funny and he's uh, smart and he's got an answer to all of the uh, usual jibes that people will give him. And I just love that collection. Those pictures are mind-blowing. Yeah. Imagine you go to your doctor. Pretty you, special. You just you go and check in on your doctor, and you know you need to go and have something sorted out. And you look at that. I mean, I would spend, I'd spend an extra hour. I'd arrive an hour early just to look at all the stuff on the walls. Unbelievable. Magic, magic, yeah. magic, magic. All right. Well, that's the that, that is the magic one. Football is that's the connector. Even if I hate Man United. You get there, the guy's a United fan. We're off. To, I, I mean, I was in Sweden a couple of years ago, and I was wearing my Bayern Munich shirt, just mm. like in the middle of nowhere, just walking to get to whatever, you know. Mm. Guy comes up to me, and and it's got um, so a guy called Thomas Mueller on the back. Yeah. This guy f- from um, Uruguay comes up to me. We start talking about Bayern Munich. In the middle of Sweden, here right. I am walking on my own, minding my business, and it's just like we're off, you know, and having a laugh, and, and he loves Mueller as well. It's Football is special like that. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Gen X says, I'm not a soccer fan, but it seems like I've missed out on great fun listening to Dr. Barry. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I mean, he'd get anyone uh, excited about sport. But what you're saying in Bulelo is so true. Like, just by being fans of a team, it can bring people, yeah. it can bring people together. I mean, you, you haven't forgotten already that the doc said you could be sitting next to a mass murderer at the stadium. <laughs> but for, but for that, that, you know, 90 minutes, you're brothers. It's incredible. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. So true. All right. Well, that's another excellent episode of Collectomania. Brought to you by the South African Gold Coin Exchange and the Scoin Shop. And by the way, if you haven't already thought about maybe diversifying your little portfolio and getting yourself some gold or some platinum or some silver, it may be time to do that. And they have some seriously collectible stuff at uh, at the Scoin Shop and through the Gold Coin Exchange. So get hold of them. You can find all the details on cliffcentral.com, on the page for Collectomania. And share the story and share the um, the podcast with all of your friends because if there's someone else that we get to meet, like the incredible Dr. Barry Schmeiser, then we'd love to have them on the show. So let us know if you've got anyone in your family, your friendship group, your extended uh, community who may be also collect something really interesting. We want to hear about it. It's always fascinating. I love it. Cliffcentral.com.